Welcome to the Living Loved Life. I'm Drew Jarrett along with the Holy Spirit and Pastor Jim Richter. And today we are talking about what does it really mean to live love? If you are going to genuinely give yourself to another person, not holding back unselfishly, you're going to be hurt. And I think the cross teaches that so clearly. You are welcome to join us today as we discuss living loved as sons and daughters of God the Father and sisters and brothers of His Son, Jesus. In our conversations, we never know where the Holy Spirit might want to lead us as we struggle together while we discover what it means to live love by God. Here and at thelivingloveLife.com Love is risky. But that then opens you to the upside. And that's the surprise of love. That we are, in fact, made in the image of God. You are welcome to walk with us and discover as we do what the Spirit may want to show us, maybe for the first time. I've been going through your videos you post online, kind of going in order one by one. And the last one I viewed was um, one of your favorite verse minute videos about uh, faith, hope, and love. And it struck me as interesting the idea because you had talked about the greatest of these three is love of course but in heaven we won't need faith or hope we won't need faith because we'll we'll have jesus right there and we'll know the truth we'll see it every day and we won't need hope because everyone will come through for us and we'll come through for everybody else you know part of my experience in life is you know i wake up in the morning and i know life's gonna fail (laughs) i just know it you know this this music thing is not gonna produce abundant results. Um, It never has. People are going to not come through. They're not going to call me back. They're going to let me down. You know, I'm going to let other people down. I know what's coming. It's just so debilitating all the time. And you talk to counselors and they say, that's true. That's been your past experience. But what you need is a new experience because life or not everybody is like that. And you take that with a grain of salt as a Christian because you know that you're fighting an uphill battle because Everybody is like that. Everybody does yeah. have that sin, yeah. and so yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's going to yeah. happen. But what struck me was this idea. I don't know if it's the same part of the Bible or another part of the Bible, but it talks about the fruits of the Spirit and what love is. Love always hopes, always trusts, always believes, always comes through, you know, these types of things. And I put these two verses together that when I spend my day thinking that people aren't going to come through or, or situations aren't going to work out, that's really living faithlessly because I'm not hoping in people. I'm not hoping in situations which I know are not going to pan out right. I mean, I know it. That experience tells us this. And we know it because sin is in our heart. But to live without that would be not living love. Because love is hope. Love is living with faith. So if I'm not living, hoping that, you know, this time these people will get it right, this time they will call me back, this time I won't do it wrong, this time other people won't do it wrong to me, if I'm not doing that, then I'm not living in love. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm, 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 mm. yeah, I think love is risky. And if you're really genuinely going to love you know that you're going to expose yourself to hurt, disappointment, and pain. And I think 
the cross teaches that so clearly. So that's the kind of the downside of love. It's not a stopper, but it's the downside of love. If you are going to love, if you are going to genuinely give yourself to another person, not holding back, unselfishly, that's God, it's his way, you're going to be hurt. You're just going to expose yourself to that. You know that going in. We should. So that's the downside of love. But that then opens you to the upside. And that's the surprise of love. That we are, in fact, yeah, we have sin, but underneath all that yuck, we are, in fact, made in the image of God. And we get to see who is love. And we get to see glimpses of that as people engage with us in a loving relationship, as people respond in a loving relationship, as people, you know, at some point show up or don't leave or help us. And that is the place the Holy Spirit presses us into. And and that's the place that the church is, you know, is meant to experience. Now with COVID, so hard to be genuinely in community, you know, face-to-face community, that's where we were meant to experience that kind of love. You know, at least a a foretaste of it, of what's going to be totally present when God makes all things new. I totally resonate. I don't like putting myself out there. But on the other hand, you ask to be brave and you ask that the Holy Spirit would help you do it because you know the upside of it is you get to experience these foretastes of the great feast to come in heaven. So there's downside and there's an upside. And I think that's that's why we need faith and hope because without faith and hope, we're never going <laughs> to, we're never going to, you know, the people of Israel crossing the Jordan when the Jordan was in flood stage, we're never going to take the step into the water. We're never going to take the step of faith and the step of hope. We're never going to test the water. So none of us really know what it is to live in relationship then. I mean, none none of us really understand family. You know, I was talking to my oldest son, Gabe, and we were talking about the lyrics of Beauty Will Rise, a song by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And he was talking about in the song how when he goes to heaven that, you know, God will like cup his face in his hands and, you know, wipe his tears away and say, I'm making all things new. And the thought occurred to me, well, when I go to heaven, what is God going to say to me? What ways are, is he going to make everything in my life new? Because everybody's got their own injuries. Everybody's got their own deficiencies in the way they haven't been loved here. So when we get to heaven, God is going to fix all those individual deficiencies in all of our lives. I mean, it would take an eternity to do that for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we have that. So that, <laughs> we got that part down. Yeah, man, I don't know. You know, that's the that's part of the mystery. So we know it'll be glorious. We know it will be paradise, like Edenic splendor. We know there'll be perfect peace, peace between people, peace between 
God and his people and perfect relationship between God and his people and people and people. We know that the, the animals are going to be there. They're going to, we're going to have perfect peace with them. The Isaiah 11 stuff of the new heaven and earth. We know a lot of those things, but what we don't know is what we will be. Because Paul says this is the mystery in, in 1 Corinthians 15. He likens it to a seed. And if you looked at a, if you had never seen a corn plant and you looked at a corn seed, you would never ever paint a picture of a corn plant. If all you saw was a corn seed, you'd never get a corn. You'd never paint that picture. See, and Paul says what we will be, we don't know. We're just a seed. We're just a seed of what we will be. Now that, that sends your mind running. But what we see in Jesus is that when he rose from the dead, he had the physical body. It wasn't, it was physical. Like he told the disciples, touch me, see, it is I. Give me some fish. He ate it. It didn't fall out, you know, the holes in his hand or feet, you know, and he ate it. So there's a physical part, but also he wasn't bound by physical. But he's God. So how much of that do we get? But here's the deal. He still had his wounds. But now they weren't, they weren't horrible. Now they weren't embarrassing. Now they weren't painful. Now they were beautiful. Now they were something that were a constant, incredible encouragement to all the people. Now, I don't know if our wounds will be like that. I don't know. But we can't even go there because right now we don't want anything to do with those. (laughs) But I don't know. I love the question, and I I love Gabe. Gabe is a deep thinker, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think what I want is a father. I finally want to have somebody put their arm around my shoulder, look into my eyes, and, and, and be the apple of their eye. That's what I want. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if, you know, finally, you know, will, will I get to play catch with God? You know, will I be able to, you know, ride bike with God? Will I be able to do all the things that I never could do with my earthly father? Finally? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I do know this. God loves that longing. Again, that phrase is reverberating in my soul from the Luke 15, the story of the lost son. And there... The father is talking to his older son, and he says, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. We think about the stuff of heaven, but really what God longs for us to think about is him. And that's what you're longing for. And Drew, that, I, I don't know exactly what you know, the shape of it will be, but that pleases the heart of God. And that tells me, that kind of points us in that direction that the answer of your longings and your questions in that is yes. It points us that direction, but I I don't know what it's exactly going to look like. We don't, but I love your longings and that is righteous, God-pleasing longing. Yeah. No matter what we end up talking about when we get together, discovering truths, applying truth to life, figuring out how life experiences are really growing us, and though we might have challenged each other, maybe said some hard things, 
we always seem to walk away from the conversations encouraged because of the fellowship we've shared. Living love by God is about sharing the life God has given us with Him. Not just knowing about Him in our minds, but also living in a real-time relationship with Him in our five senses. When you share life with Him, though you may still feel alone, you never really are. You are not alone in your experiences, not alone in your fears. Take this seriously, Jesus says. When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. We have an advocate in Jesus, and His Spirit is together with us right now. We call this the living loved life because being confused, asking questions, finding some answers but not every answer, and knowing we're not all alone is what living loved by God is all about. You're very welcome to walk with us again anytime because it can be in the walking out of life together. The struggle, the questioning, the tripping up, the falling down. Celebrating each other's victories, sharing each other's joys, sitting with each other in the bomb crater, crying with one another in the loss. That life and answers can still sometimes be found and is all a part of living love by God. Join us in the living loved life.